Hi, everyone, and welcome to the September 17th, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Folks, we're just days away from the 44th general federal election, and all three major parties have made pledges and promises when it comes to electric vehicles and green infrastructure. My guest today breaks down those platform planks and talks about what it is the EV segment needs from its next federal government. All that and more when I speak with Plug and Drive CEO Kara Clareman on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Kara, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Greg. Always great to have you on. Um, let's start here sort of broadly speaking. There are plenty of federal parties to choose from, and that means plenty of EV policy to examine. So before we get specific, generally speaking, what are your impressions of the policies that have been pitched so far? I mean, how are the parties doing when it comes to EV policy? Is this what you expect? Um, are they over-promising, under-promising? I just wonder your thoughts of the federal parties at this juncture. Well, actually, it's kind of an amazing turn of events because they seem to be tripping over each other to show that they're supportive of EVs, which is, <laughs> which is amazing. So actually, it's, it's a pretty good story, I would say, when it comes to electric vehicles. Are you surprised by that? I mean, traditionally, there are parties who are, you know, very green or considered green, others that are traditional. Are you surprised at the attention EVs and zero emissions and and green technology is getting at this point? Well, you know, I'd like to say that I'm not, but I actually am surprised. (laughs) I am surprised because, you know, uh, it was just even just a year or two ago where we, we didn't have this sort of... Uh, particularly, I would say in the conservative ranks, you know, we didn't have support. Um, but interestingly, as you know, people have come to realize there's a real jobs angle to this, uh, and that realizing that EVs are a big economic opportunity, suddenly, uh, you see everyone jumping into it, and it's not necessarily just for environmental reasons. I want to get specific. D- does any one party's plan stand out to you? And if so, why? Well, actually, there's been some really interesting analysis done by um, one, for example, done by Mark Jacquard out West, who, um, you know, he sort of did an assessment of all the different um, programs. And and he he looked, you know, broader than EV. It was, it's, uh, it's more, you know, whose carbon or, you know, climate change program is the best. But right. um, in, in looking at that, he basically included an economic lens and he came out with that the Liberals uh, program was was the best. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you like well, what you see? Well, I mean, based on, on uh, that, those criteria, it makes sense. I think, you know, there you could disagree on whether, you know, the economic lens is the one to use. Um, but of course we do have to think about how much these programs are going to cost. And so, um, I think the only unfair thing about that analysis is I think there wasn't a costing of some of the platforms yet at that time. So he was basically saying that some, we just don't know what they'll cost. Um, and so I'm not sure now whether he'll sort of redo it, uh, looking at the actual cost. I'm curious, (laughs) What's the bigger issue 
from an EV standpoint and policy? Is it the rebates and incentives? Is it mandates and the all-out banishment of the internal combustion engine? Or is it infrastructure? Which of those sort of areas are the most important at a federal level? Well, I... I mean, I guess I would really be in the money if I could really answer that. (laughs) I will do my best. But the reality is right now they're all really important. And, And it's really hard to say that one is more important than the other. I think right at this moment in time, incentives continue to be really important because there still is a gap between the sticker prices. And I really don't think that's going to last much longer, though. Um, and then, I mean, the ZEV mandate, the reason that's really important is is because right now, Canada doesn't have a, a lot of supply uh, available. And the supply that it does have tends to go to the provinces with the provincial rebates. So we're, we're seeing certain parts of the country with really low supply. And so the ZEV mandate would actually help make sure that any Canadian that wants one could get one. That's uh, I've never thought of it that way because you're right. Yeah, yeah, it seems important. like it seems like inventory follows incentives, and if that right. is the only thing driving the allotment of EVs, then the province with incentives get the allotment. But if the federal government stepped in and said, "Okay, there's a mandate now," that I would assume then that inventory would be distributed a little more equally. Right. I mean, the devil's in the detail, and we don't really know how it would be working. But you have to assume that even if it's proportional to population, uh, you know, a province like Manitoba, for example, low population, no incentive, you know, that they would still have a requirement on the lot, you know, that the dealers have to carry X percent uh, of EV. And so, you know, it, it would really make it easier for all Canadians to get into an EV. And then once you have supply like that i mean you're also going to have a price reductions uh, speaking of mandates i i always have this discussion with my colleagues we've we've heard the liberals say um a, a mandated target or a target mandate and the conservatives have said they will mandate a certain percentage of uh zero emissions vehicles be sold but Nothing is on the books in terms of law. Is that a concern for you? Because we can sit here and and, and promise and pledge and mandate and target, but that is not a law. Are you looking for someone to pass a law anytime soon that says X amount of new vehicles need to be ZEVs? Well, I know that um, just prior to the election, the liberals did say that they will create a regulatory regime which meant that there would be a law, that, that, that they do have an intent to make a law. So you're right, at this time there isn't anything and it's just nice promises. So I do think we wouldn't, if you're going to do it, you need it. Now, a lot of the automakers have suggested once Ontario, for example, is making EVs, you know, which is planned for the next few years, yep. let's think that they won't be arriving tomorrow, but let's say they, they're, they're on, on the roads in 2023 and then at that point, we won't need a ZEV mandate. And I and I hope that they're right. I mean, they said the supply will be there, that that won't be an issue anymore. And so they sort of are arguing, hey, we can't do much about the supply right now. 
um, for the next year or two, but in two years, we're going to have loads. And so they don't really feel that the ZEV mandate is helpful. And they could be right. I mean, it's it's really hard to judge right at this, at this juncture. One of the things you brought up uh, a few moments ago was the economy and sort of GDP and, and how green vehicles might be tied to jobs. Um, we often talk about incentives and infrastructure as part of policy, but I'm curious where you and, and the folks who drive EVs and really advocate for them, where they stand when it comes to manufacturing, and that includes batteries. Is that something you'd like to see discussed more by politicians and put um, put into their policies and platforms a little more? Oh, 100%, because I think... I think all the the advocates for EVs sort of see this as a huge uh, economic opportunity as well as an environmental opportunity. And so we'd like to see Canada, you know, capitalize on both. And I think, too, if you even just if you're really someone who cares about climate change, if you see Canada building, for example, a supply chain in mining and metals and uh, that's good for Canadian economy, it's also good for the environment because, of course, then those metals are not traveling as far and that reduces the carbon footprint. Uh, you know, the, the Canadian mining companies have, you know, a lot of uh, rules and regulations they have to comply with, sure. which might not be the case if for metals mined in some other countries. So I think for lots of different reasons, uh, most people uh, who advocate for EVs also really support um Canada getting a, a, a piece of the action, as you say, on the, <laughs> on the growth of the jobs angle. One of the provinces that would be a big player in that is Ontario, along with Quebec, of course. Um, for sure. It, as we stay in Ontario for a minute, it's the country's biggest market. It, it would be home to that supply chain and the assembly of vehicles. What it's not home to, though, is an incentive program. Do right. you see Ontario bringing back EV incentives of any kind anytime soon? Unfortunately, I don't. Um, I would say no. It's not likely in this government mandate. Okay. Uh, new government, it could be different, right? But um, but not right now. Uh, incentives just aren't something that I think they want to consider. And uh, I think to be fair, you know, with COVID and everything, I think it's, you know, maybe a bridge too far right now. Um, but I think for charging stations, it could happen. I just don't see them on the vehicles themselves. I want to talk product for a moment, and I've wanted your opinion on this since the announcement. I've said all summer that, to me, in my opinion, the biggest EV development is the Ford Lightning, oh, the electrified version of the F-150. Right. Yeah. It's the best-selling truck in the country. How right. key is it for automakers to electrify their pickups? And and what would that or what does that mean for EV adoption? Oh, my gosh. I, th- I agree with you 100%. I think it's huge. Uh, and the Ford F-150 in particular, because it is the best-selling vehicle uh, in Canada, as far as I know. And so, you know, when people see that that vehicle uh, can be driven electric and that it's fun, and, and you'll probably see people saying it's better than the gas version, uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot of excitement around it. Um, and I, I do think it will be really important for our country and to help a lot of folks who maybe thought, oh, I'll, there'll never be an EV for me. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of folks who might change their mind on that. 
I think so too, because we we've seen automakers electrify cars for a really long time, but the market is clearly 85% truck and SUV and and CUV. So when there's not a car, do you expect, um, the uptake in electric pickups to be within the city or do you see or hear of rural folks who live on a farm or maybe have a hobby farm or got to get through the snow with a four by four? Do you see that part of the province and the country buying EV trucks or are these strictly for sort of the urban cowboy folk who love to just throw, well, they love to throw their groceries in there or their kids yeah. softball equipment or whatever it might be. Right. Uh, I just wonder if you see it yeah. outside the city. Well, you know what, what I think will happen is like what always happens. It's going to start, you know, it might start with those sort of urban suburban folks who have pickups and you know who else will do it? It'll be uh, folks who, uh, let's say, utilities and, you know, work workplaces right. will do it. And then some folks will get a chance to try them because their their workplace bought a couple of these. And they'll find out how great they are and it will creep into the more rural parts of the country. I mean, it won't be right away, but it will come. Um, that's what we've seen with the other EVs. You know, it does. it's not the first segment but they do come along it's funny every time we chat we get a a little closer to more and more ev adoption you're you're always full of insight and um really good information about the subject and i appreciate it so much thanks for chatting with me my pleasure greg thanks for thanks for inviting me we reached kara in the gta if you'd like to be a guest on the show have a suggestion or simply want to comment email me at glason at autonews.com And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.